Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson today comes from Luke's gospel in the second chapter. Hear with me now the words of the Lord. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he was of the house and line of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, as we come again to this sacred place and this sacred hour of this day, we come to worship you, to give thanks, to think about what it is you have given to us and what it is you expect from us. We pray that during this time, O Lord, as we hear familiar carols and tunes, that they speak deeply to our soul and they awaken us so that we would hear the words of old with new ears and open hearts and be transformed so that we were not just hearers of these words, but doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen. On September the 11th, 2001, as the tragedy and atrocities unfolded in New York and Pennsylvania and even in D.C., the decision was made, as you remember, to close the airspace in the United States, to ground all the flights. But at the same time that this decision was being made, there are already hundreds of transoceanic flights on their way to the U.S. Many of those flights had reached the no-go point for turning around. It was, they had to come all the way across the ocean. They had to come towards the U.S. And so the, the decision was made to divert all of those flights to Canada. Now, one such place for diversion was Gander, Newfoundland, home of the Gander International Airport, which was once a popular and widely used refueling stop for transatlantic flights. Also, it was at one point part of the sub-hunting network during the high points of the Cold War. 38 flights were diverted to Gander. 6,600 people, passengers and crew, were marooned in this village of 10,000. These travelers were scared, they were worried, they were unprepared, unsure, tired, and let's be honest, we've all had airplane food, hungry. They were there and they were on the tarmac and the world was upside down for them and what was to happen? The world wasn't prepared for a contingency like this and the people of Gander 
pulled up their bootstraps and they said, we've got this. And they offloaded the planes and they set up emergency shelters in schools, in churches, in gymnasiums. They gathered clothes and food and when those shelters places ran out, they invited people into their homes and they brought them in. No one was left marooned at the airport or on the airplanes. Everyone they found a place for. Just simply taking care of people, providing a generous reception and entertainment of guests and foreigners and visitors and strangers. It's what we know as hospitality, but it's when the world was at its best, saying that no one gets left out. So as we follow the star on our Advent journey, as we make our own personal pilgrimage to the manger this season, we remember the gift of hospitality that the innkeeper gave and the peace that it brought to the Holy Family, especially to the one who would bring peace to the world. See, today's text doesn't record what preceded it. We know that we went from the Annunciation to, and in those days, a decree went out. And so they went. But I imagine it must have happened something like this. As Joseph and Mary made their way into town, the town was full. It was bustling. All the hotels were full. I mean, thanks to Rome, it was a bonus high season. It was kind of like furniture market times two, where you could double the rates on a bed in town. And the innkeepers had shoehorned people everywhere. And this one innkeeper in, in, in particular, he had shoehorned everyone all over his inn. He'd even given up his room just to make a little extra money to take advantage. And so as he was bustling around within the inn, there was a knock at the door and he was sure that he was going to open it and see that there would be somebody. But were they crazy? Did they think that there was going to be still rooms? I mean, wasn't Bethlehem just full and bursting at the seams? And so he angrily swung the door open, about to tell people, there's no room. But then he saw them. Tired. Weary pregnant, worn out, exhausted. How can I turn them away, he said. What do I do? And we know what happened. He found them a place, an unlikely place, but stable nonetheless. It was relatively private if you sort of discount the animals. He found a place for them. And so as you and I, as we continue our journey, let us see this story as a sign for us that we must incorporate this kind of hospitality into our practice of faith because the innkeeper's act foreshadows the hospitality. It foreshadows of the ministry of the one for whom he made room for. See, the entire hospitality industry is built on this principle of a generous reception and the entertainment of guests and visitors and strangers. But see, Christian hospitality takes that to a new level because we simply care for all of God's children. We don't just see them as strangers, but we see them as brothers and sisters, part of our own family, and we welcome them in. We give them 
a warm and generous reception. I mean, have you ever had to turn anyone away? I mean, have you ever had to tell someone to know you can't come in because you have no reservation? Have you ever had to tell someone to know you can't come to the show because you don't have a ticket? It's long been sold out. Or maybe you worked at the gate at an airport and you had to tell people that the flight was overbooked and there was no way on the face of the earth you could get on by standby. Or even as an usher on Christmas Eve when the sanctuary was full beyond capacity such that the fire marshal would stroke out. Have you ever had to tell someone, sadly, that there was no room? Even on Christmas Eve. I'll tell you, it's not a good feeling, is it? I mean, first of all, if you're looking at it from an economic standpoint, one more customer, one more sale is a little bit more money towards the bottom line. So you hate to turn some away for that. You hate to turn flyers who are at the airport away and strand them there overnight or waiting for the next flight or dealing with angry customers. But it's especially tough to turn people away who really need what it is happening inside. And it's really hard to do when the rules say so. It's hard to do it when it's very obvious and the rules say just say no. I mean, maybe that's why those old beach hotels had that flashing no vacancy sign or vacancy. Sure, the vacancy lets you know when there was room available so that you would maybe stop there. But maybe they wanted to illuminate that no so you wouldn't even trouble them so they would have to tell you no. They could sort of get that out of the way before you even got out of the car. But you see, the gospel message, the gospel of the Christ child is a very different message. And see, the innkeeper foreshadows that. See, no matter how long our journey might be, no matter how tired we are, no matter how exhausted we are, no matter if we rode in on a jaguar or on a donkey, no matter if we are a queen or a peasant girl, that there is room in the kingdom of heaven for us always. That Jesus welcomes us to him and says, sure, there's room for you too. I mean, think about that. In Jesus' house, there's always room for one more person. See, the birth of Christ calls us to usher in an age in which our hearts are open to those in need. Where we look at the world around us and we begin to see those that need what we have found in the joy of Christ. Those that need what we have found in the peace that comes during the Advent season. And so when we see the tired, the poor in spirit, the lonely or the hurting, our calling compels us to say, I see you. We see you and we will make a place for you. There's room in the kingdom of heaven for you. Come be with us. Come be a part of our fellowship. Come be a part of our family. So I think about this. I think about this Advent season when the world has been turned upside down, when things have fallen apart and when the world is tired and weary and maybe even unsure what happens next. Who do we see on a regular basis? Who do you see on a regular basis that is worn out, that is worn down, that is weary, that needs that hospitality that comes from the kingdom of God to come and to receive 
from God through you the grace, the love, the invitation. You see, because really what hospitality is about, it's about not just saying, come on in, there's a space for you, but it don't, it's not just about saying, be a part of my presence. It's also about saying, I care for you. So since January of this year, I decided I was going to get up every morning and take a walk to kind of clear my head and prepare for the day. And a few weeks ago, as I was walking, it was still really dark out and the slow car coming down the street, I realized, was the newspaper man. And so, you know, he was driving down the street, and he was flipping papers out. But I noticed that at every few houses, he would stop. And he would get out. And he would go to the porch. And I could hear him drop the paper in front of the front door. And on the next block, I was in front of him. And he was coming up from behind me. And of course, he caught up with me eventually. And as he was getting out at one of the houses, I said, that's a really cool thing you're doing. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, I got to take care of my people. And I sat there and I thought about it. I thought he knows his clients so well. He knows who can walk to the end of the street. He knows who has trouble getting out of the house or maybe who's got a dog that runs as soon as the door is open and so they try to put the paper there so that they can just reach a hand out and get it. He cares for his people. He cares for them. And that whole idea of that is it's this idea of caring is that one step of hospitality about not just finding a room, but by making it right. I mean, that's what the innkeeper did. That's how we've romanticized this Advent and this Christmas story is that not only did he make, him a did make Jesus a place in a stable, but even a bed in a feed trough so that he would have that warmth and that comfort. Bring peace to Joseph and Mary's anxiety and their worry. See, Christ, who was welcomed by the innkeeper, is the one that welcomes you and me and does amazing things and goes and provides care above and beyond. Think about his ministry with us. Think about his time on earth when he fed the 5,000. He took a boy's simple lunch, five loaves of bread and two fish, and he blessed them and fed 5,000 people with 12 baskets of leftovers. Let me tell you the significance of the leftovers and what it is, is it's not just the abundance, but it was the abundance that everyone was filled and no one wanted more and there was still extra. That's going above and beyond. That's kind of like the newspaper guy going out and getting out of the car. The job description just says, deliver the paper. It didn't say, put it on the steps. See, Jesus' ministry was that above and beyond where we were filled beyond capacity so that there was leftovers for all who might want them. You and I are called to practice our faith the same way, above and beyond, to care for God's children, to care for the world, above and beyond, so that we might be an instrument of God's peace. That even in the bleak midwinter that we can offer our heart, not just to God, but to all the world around us. Think about the people that you see. 
Think about the people that you see and that you know that need that room here in the kingdom of heaven. They need to know that it has come for them. How not only can you invite them into it, but how can you show them that kind of hospitality? How can we care for them? Some small random act of kindness, or maybe it's a big gesture. Maybe it's as simple as a note. Maybe it's rolling their trash cans back behind the house. Maybe it's raking up the leaves for the neighbor who is unsteady on their feet. Maybe it's preparing just a bright spot in their day, just a little gift. Maybe it's a flower. Maybe it's a card. But just something that you can slip in the door, hit the doorbell, and then disappear just to brighten their day. I mean, I think of all the opportunities that we have in front of us. The opportunities this season where we can emulate the innkeeper and we could go that extra mile where we can make room for those that need to find the peace of Christ in their heart this season. On 9-11, there were 38 flights that landed in Gander, Newfoundland. 19 years ago, there are 6,600 people that have not forgotten that lesson of grace and hospitality. Ask the innkeeper of 2,000 years ago about the kindness that he offered and the events that transpired in his stable. But what about our journey? How can we journey this Advent season to give hospitality in the name of Christ? How can we welcome and care for those around us who are poor, tired, worn out, weary, struggling, isolated, lonely, in need of peace in their hearts? How can we go to them and figuratively tell them there is room for them in the end and show them the same kind of kindness that God has shown us? How may we do that this season? As we make that our journey, let us realize just what the innkeeper realized 2,000 years ago. A simple gift of hospitality can change the world and bring peace to the weary, the worn out, and the tired. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.